Hello, listener, and welcome to the 10th episode of What's It Like To? If you've been listening to the podcast up to this point, first of all, thank you. Secondly, this episode is going to be different from others, and that is by design. Every 10th episode, I'm going to invite someone from the previous nine episodes and have them ask me questions. The reason for this is to turn things around, to have you, the listener, get to know me better, and to have another chance to hear from a previous guest. For this episode, I asked Jessica London to come back, and she decided to ask me what it's like to be a diabetic. This was, at times, a really difficult conversation to have. You'll hear a lot of ums and pauses, and I left them in there on purpose. It felt inauthentic to remove them. Jessica and I discussed when I was diagnosed, struggles I face, and where I'm at now. I really liked the format for this, handing over the reins to someone else and letting them lead. I hope you like it as much as I do. So, without further ado, here's the 10th episode of What's It Like To? So, Ethan Kaplan, what's it like to have diabetes? The answer to that has changed at so many different points in my life. Uh, right now, as a 28-year-old with diabetes, it's a good thing. Um, it forces me to be healthy. It forces me to live my life with a certain amount of rigor and focus and determination and certainly commitment. Um, I actively choose and celebrate choosing not to eat certain foods, to exercise regularly, to take care of myself and even the foods that I do eat, making sure I know exactly what I'm putting into my body. Um, and um, that wasn't always the case, um, particularly when I was first diagnosed. It was a detriment. It was an annoyance. Um, it made me different than the other kids. And um, there were a lot of things I couldn't do, and it felt like a lot of my life was chosen and determined for me, and that felt extremely unfair. And there were a lot of points where I rebelled against that and didn't take care of myself as a result. It was hard. It was really hard being a diabetic. Now, it's something I celebrate. I share pretty openly. It used to be something that I only shared if somebody would notice what was going on, or, you know, hey, why are you giving yourself a shot, or why are you stepping away, or why aren't you eating dessert, or something like that. So, yeah, now it's something that I embrace as part of me. It doesn't define me, but it's certainly a part of me. So how old were you when you were diagnosed? And with that, like, what was your experience of making that transition from being just a normal, however old you were, to someone with diabetes? So it was a little more than a week before my 11th birthday. So try telling an 11-year-old he can't have cake at his birthday party. That was tough. Um, and I remember um, I was sleeping over at a friend's house, and I came home, and then I had another friend come over that day to hang out. And um, I remember at the sleepover, waking up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom a bunch, and when I came home, I was basically like, I couldn't stay in the room with my friend who was over um, for more than like 20 minutes because I was either thirsty, like I had been in the desert for months on end with no water, or going to the bathroom like I had been holding it in for the, all of those months. So that's what being a diabetic does is, um, you know, basically your body produces a hormone called insulin, and that converts the sugar that you eat. When you eat food, the sugar goes into your bloodstream and the insulin takes it from your bloodstream and converts it into energy. So when 
you have diabetes, your body doesn't produce that hormone anymore. So sugar just builds up in your bloodstream. The way you get rid of it is by going to the bathroom. When you go to the bathroom a lot, you get dehydrated. So it was this terrible cycle of being really, really thirsty because I was dehydrated and then going to the bathroom to get rid of all this excess sugar that was in my body. And in addition, being exhausted because I didn't have any energy. So I remember going to the hospital. Um, I remember being really concerned that, hey, like, can't really function like this. You know, I'm going to the bathroom a lot. I'm drinking a lot, like whatever. And going to the hospital and being in the hospital for a couple of days, and it was different, you know, certainly a little scary, but like I wasn't sick, like I wasn't in pain. And I remember like I'd broken my arm or I'd had my tonsils out or stuff like that. And that felt different. Like I didn't feel right or whatever. This was weird because everybody was like worried about me, but I felt okay. I felt normal. Once we got, you know, my medication under control and it just felt weird that like everybody was really worried and people were coming to visit and all this stuff. And I was like, well, just having a normal time. I brought my CD player. I was listening to music. I was watching TV. Like I did my homework. But when I got out, you know, all of a sudden I wasn't eating normal food. Um, I was very conscientious of what I was eating. And, you know, it's a little kid. It's like you eat whatever you want because you're running around so much that, you know, you just burn off whatever you're eating. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of birthday parties and play dates and, and parties and things like that where there's just so much junk food. It was just different saying to myself, I can't have this, or like knowing, all right, I'm not going to eat until I'm full. I'm only going to be able to eat this much because I'm giving myself a shot and I'm giving myself a certain amount of medication that's only going to cover a certain amount of food. So actively telling myself, well, I have to stop now because I've only covered myself for this much. So telling myself, even the foods I wanted to eat and could eat, telling myself, oh, I have to stop here because this is all I can do. That was really hard. Have you ever faced any like serious health complications as a result? Like, have you ever been close to what happens when your sugar gets out? Like, so fortunately, no. I've you know uh, never had any issues. Never needed to be hospitalized as a result of being diabetic. Um, other than just initially when I was diagnosed, and you know when I was diagnosed, it was mostly just to like, hey, learn about this. It was more educational than anything, and just to like make sure my sugar was under control. Um, and, uh, when I talk about my sugar, like, yeah, I'm constantly measuring my, the blood or the sugar levels in my bloodstream. Um, I have a little test kit for that. Uh, when my, you know, the, the story or the, 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 uh, philosophy behind high sugar versus low sugar is neither one is good. You want it within a certain range. High sugar is going to kill you slowly over the course of time, and low sugar can kill you instantly because you can pass out and you can die. High sugar, you're not going to pass out, but it's just it's not good for you. It's sort of like being overweight. When, I, when my sugar is low, I feel like I've just run a marathon, um, and I get very, very cold and very sweaty, just exhausted. And it's like really hard for me to like get up and move and do certain things. And um, if your sugar gets too low, yeah, you can pass out. And if you don't get sugar into your body quickly enough, you can die. Um, and it's just that simple. Um, and it happens to people, um, even people who aren't diabetics. So, and when it's high, you know, I just sort of feel lethargic and tired and I go to the bathroom a lot and drink a lot. So you've got, you've got your test kit, you've got your pump, and then you regulate what you eat. I mean, as an 11-year-old kid, do you think that having, like, to every day have that amount of discipline, did it take away from your childhood at all? I think the thing that took away from my childhood was this 
like I was talking about, like when I was in the hospital, this, like everybody looking out for me and going, should you be eating that? And, you know, and, and it was a, um, you know, I was a little kid and I wanted to be an adult and I wanted to take care of it by myself, but I also, you know, needed those people in my life, my parents, my family, my friends to like kind of go, Hey, are you okay? And I didn't want it because I wanted to be independent. So it was more of that rebellious, you know, it was, it was not good timing. I definitely felt different. Um, I, before lunch every day, I would go to the nurse's office and test my sugar and give myself a shot, you know, and there would be other kids in the nurse's station or nurse's office. And they would see, you know, that I was doing this to myself. And that was kind of weird. You know, how many kids give themselves a shot? How many people give themselves a shot in their whole lifetime? And I've done it hundreds of thousands of times. I, you know, um, it, it, it felt strange. And, uh, I didn't want to be different. I wanted to do the things other kids did. You know, I was having a hard enough time fitting in, you know, just as a regular kid. I feel like everybody goes through that, you know, identity and figuring out who you are. And here I was having this thing that seemed to define me and define my life. And it affected just about everything I did. I mean, even running around and playing, you know, sports or or whatever, like I had to be cognizant of the fact that my sugar might get low because I'm burning off all this, you know, energy and stuff. Um, So um, I had no... Um, escape. I had no um, release or whatever, just to be a kid, um, and that was that was really really hard. So now, as an adult, after having it for so long and like having your routine, do you notice anything? Like, yes does does your diabetes affect your adult life at any capacity? Yeah, um, I mean, I think it always will. You know, I actively choose not to eat sweets. Um, I basically don't have dessert here and there. I'll have a bite of something, you know, just to try it or whatever. Um, but, and it's funny cause like my tastes have changed. Um, and so like a piece of fruit is really, really sweet to me. You know, when people have that craving for something sweet, like I can just have, you know, an orange or, or a peach or something like that. And that like satisfies that craving. And like a can of soda is just like over the top. It's, it's too much. Um, it's too sweet. It's too rich. Um, uh, you know, so I choose not to eat sweets because it's, you know, it's not that I can't because I can give myself more insulin to, to cover that, but I choose not to just because it's healthier. You know, you can, you can survive just eating donuts if you want to, as long as you're exercising, but it's probably, you know, you're probably putting your body through more than it needs to. Um, so that's my choice is to not eat that stuff just to be better to my body. I, you know, I embrace it. It, it forces me to eat a, or to live a healthy life. And, um, uh, instead of going, I have to do this, you know, to live, um, I do well, no, like it, here's a thing that's bringing me to the next level. It's a commitment. It's a choice. Um, and you know, I realize that every day, you know, and, uh, I can choose to, eat terribly and not work out and, um, and, uh, just put things in my body that are terrible for me, but I want to be around for my wife. I want to be around for my grandkids and, um, I'm not going to do that by eating things that are bad for me. And so I find things that I enjoy doing, um, and I make things work for me instead of, going, this is the, you know, I have to work out because I'm, you know, I go, oh, I want to work out this specific way, or I have to eat healthy. Well, I'll eat something that actually makes me happy. I enjoy eating this. Um, so it's finding the, the, the pleasurable things within those confines. So health aside, do you, do you experience any like 
emotional effects, be it positive or negative, on you know how diabetes affects you in your life in other areas other than health? Um, definitely when my sugar is high, um, it affects my mood. Um, I can, you know, it's like, it's just easier for me to be triggered by something good or bad. Um, and, um, there's that, uh, I don't know, can you, yeah, along the lines of like actually emotional, like, does it affect like any part of your self-worth or confidence or how you view yourself? Um, a little bit. I mean, so I have a pump. So instead of giving myself shots, I basically have an IV in me at all times. Um, and that automatically feeds me insulin throughout the day. And then when I'm eating something, I just tell it, beep, 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 you know, hey, I'm having this much food. Um, and uh, I have, you know, because I have this IV in me at all times, and it's in an area, it's supposed to be in an area where there's fat, so the insulin is absorbed and into my body better. Um, I, uh, have all these scar marks, uh, across my stomach. And so I'm very self-conscious of that. And, um, I have this little IV thing, uh, on me, you know, at all times. And I have a little cord that hangs from that and goes, you know, uh, into my pocket. And so, you know, I'm aware of that. Um, there, there is this innate desire to sometimes be, just someone in the crowd. I think it's fun to be the life of the party, but at other times, you know, no one wants to be mocked for being different. Um, people want to be celebrated for being different. And we live in a society where um, people who are different aren't always celebrated. Um, and so uh, it's fun to be walking on the street and see somebody else with a cord hanging out of their pocket because I know exactly what that is. Um, and go, oh, you know, how's your A1C? How's your sugar? You know, um, you know, whatever. Um, what's your favorite recipe for sugar-free, you know, whatever. Um, and, but at other times, you know, there are, I think everybody knows somebody who is diabetic and certainly nobody's going to go, you know, haha, you're diabetic. Um, but I also just, you know, I have it under control now where I can do and, eat and be whatever I want. And so there's this like in the back of my head, like it's not always something I'm like, hi, I'm Ethan and I'm a diabetic. If it comes out, it comes out. I'm not ashamed of that, but it's still not something I'm just like forthcoming about. I'd rather share so many other parts of me. Can I ask a personal question? Sure. What is it like, you know, with your IV and your cord, like if you want to like have sex? Or even take a bath or something like that that involves no clothes, nothing to buckle that thing to or a pocket to put it in. Sure, I take it off. Um, and uh, yeah, the the pump is water resistant, um, and the the IV site is um, there's got there's an adhesive on it, so it sticks to my body, um, and so I just detach. Um, the the cord is hooked up to the pump, and then the, there's a little like clip at the end of the cord, and it just detaches. So anytime I want to go swimming or something like that, with Sex or physical activity, yeah, I just take it off again because that would really, you know, imagine having an IV in you and having that cord just pulled on, you know, it's not pleasant. So um, I let people know. I used to have, um, you know, when I was little and, I, you know, somebody would tickle me or play with me or rough out, you know, whatever it was, you know, I'd let people know, hey, like, I have this thing in me. Don't, don't poke me there. Um, that really hurts. So. Does, I mean, does it? can you have it out for that long and like have physical activity and still not get hurt? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've, um, it's, it's 
not good to do it for long periods of time, but I mean, certainly for a 15 minute shower, that's fine. Or, you know, you can do it for an hour or two. It's not the end of the world. I exercise and that's generally, I take it off when I exercise because, you know, the last thing you want is to be running and then all of a sudden this thing pops out and it's dragging behind you and pulling on you. Yeah. Sometimes it gets caught in a door handle too, which is super fun. Yeah. Things happen. So on the positive, mm-hmm. what is, what are like the, I mean, the positive effects that diabetes has for your life, because what I hear you say is that, you know, you eat healthy and, you know, it takes a lot of discipline to be able to keep yourself alive like that, basically keeping yourself alive. But what is it like the positive effects you realize that maybe you have that other people don't have in your life? Uh, I've faced a good amount of adversity as a result of it. Um, most of it is self-inflicted, but, um, coming to terms with that, coming to terms with who I am and this thing that, I mean, sure, there's probably going to be a cure in my lifetime, hopefully, but you know, it's not something I'm banking on. Um, and I'll just coast until then. Like I have to live with this, you know, vigor and, uh, like determination to keep myself healthy. Um, and, uh, so coming to terms with that, um, self-acceptance is, is a big thing and, um, uh, courage to face it and get up in the morning and, and do what I need to do to, to get through the day. And, um, uh, you know, and then being creative, uh, certainly, um, okay. You know, if there's a birthday party and, you know, and everyone's having dessert, you know, um, okay, what can I have that, um, how can I be included? How can I celebrate? How can I be a part of this without, um, without doing something damaging to my body? How can I share myself vulnerably um, and say, hey, like, I'd really like to be a part of this or I, you know, whatever, um, uh, but still do what's best for me. So sharing that. Uh, my boss, uh, we have a weekly meeting on Mondays and he brings donuts every Monday and he's asked me like, hey, like, you know, I'd like to bring something for you. Can I bring something? You know, because he just noticed I wasn't eating them, you know, and I explained. Um, so little things like that definitely are the positives. Is there any message that you'd like to say to people out there that are probably struggling with diabetes and don't have the same outlook on it as you do? I don't know if this is unique to diabetes. It can, I don't even know if it's unique to a disease or whatever, but like if you, if you are, if you have something that you innately can't change about yourself and you don't like it about yourself. Your hair color, you know, your eye color, things like that, that you've made up this determination about. It makes me ugly. It makes me less. It makes me not as good. It makes me different, whatever. The message would be to embrace it and own it. And instead of making it this thing that takes you away, it makes you different and it makes you special as a result. And yeah, I'm, you know, not the only person to have diabetes, but um, it's a part of me and it defines my life, um, in so many different ways and flipping the script and going, Oh, I'm going to be healthy as a result of this. Um, uh, was just, I don't, I don't remember the moment. There wasn't a light bulb moment, but it, it was just noticing that like, Oh, I'm cool with this, you know, now. Um, so I would, it, why do that to yourself? Why beat yourself up? Why be ashamed of something that you can't change? You know, um, and just be proud of whatever it is that you're defining about yourself and know that it's a choice to make it define you. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a part of my life, but it's not, it's not the only thing. 
there are so many other things that make up who I am. Um, and I'm proud that it's a part of me. Oh, gosh, that's a closing question, but I did forget. I want to ask one more thing. Sure. Um, is there anything that you have, like, specifically overcome in spite of it? You know, like that, that F that, I'm going to do this kind of thing. Or do you have aspirations for that kind of goal? I think, you know, just what I was talking about with the last question, just that self-worth and that self-love and like going, you know, this is who I am and, and it doesn't make me less or different or whatever than anybody else. Um, and, you know, I, I don't personally aspire to be a, a motivational speaker or anything like that, but um, certainly that message is really important in whatever facet of your, you know, whatever you're dealing with in life, everybody deals with stuff like that. So if, if I can help people overcome that, then that's great, you know, in whatever vehicle I can, um, that I guess that isn't motivational speaking, but, um, I, yeah, I guess overcoming that has been the biggest thing and just embracing it. I, you know, think about, uh, as a teenager, you know, in particular, how much I hated it. And I would just eat whatever I wanted to purposefully knowing that I was putting terrible things in my body. Cause it was like, somehow in my mind, it was like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And this is what I want to do right now. And it was coming from anger and man, like just like, sure. I'd so much rather be eating, you know, a burger and onion rings and, and fries and just, you know, cheesecake and terrible things for me. But, um, it's, it's coming from a place of like, it would be coming from a place of anger and putting that anger into my body. You know, even the emotional side of it is not good. If I am happily choosing to eat a salad, even if it doesn't taste as good, you know, it, it's positive energy that's coming in. So that's something I've overcome. Uh, and you know, like I've been saying, uh, just sharing like, Hey, this is a part of me. And like, you know, uh, we need to stop so I can get some juice, you know, cause my blood sugar is low or, um, hey, I can't do this, you know, because this is who I am, um, and uh, I'm not going to partake in this, or I need to partake in this, or whatever it may be, um, and vulnerably sharing that instead of just kind of like going about my business like a ninja and just silently doing my own thing in the background. Got it. Those are the questions I got. That's it, but wow. Well, thanks for taking the time to ask me. Them. Yeah. You are the inaugural uh, person to interview me. So this was cool. Different to be on the other side. <laughs> Your story is incredible. You've overcome so much adversity and just hearing it is wild. So yeah, um, it's really beautiful to get to know you because you've interviewed so many cool people. You probably take the cake on cool people with cool stories. Just saying. Hmm. So thank you for taking this time. It's so beautiful to know these things about you. I think that's sort of the goal of the podcast is to celebrate that and um that's why i wanted to do this is because a lot of the time like i get the feedback of like well we want to hear about you you know like it's cool <laughs> that you're interviewing all these other people um and so this is an opportunity to do that and celebrate myself which in and of self it, like that that idea like i want to just celebrate other people and so having people want to celebrate me is such a weird concept and idea but um yeah it's sort of a stretch Woo, worth it. Oh, so good, dude. Amazing. All right. Well, that's it. The 10th episode of What's It Like To? Thank you so much to Jessica London for joining me. And of course, to you, the listener, for checking out the podcast. 
Instead of my usual outro, I want to talk a little about what I'm up to in my personal life. You heard me discuss how at times it was difficult to talk about being diabetic, and truthfully, I really disliked that part of me for a long, long time. I'm a little older now, and my perspective has changed. And this year I'm participating in the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation Walk on November 11th in San Diego, California. Part of participating in the walk is fundraising. In a time when there are so many needy people and deserving causes out there, I'm just doing my best to make a difference. If you enjoy the podcast, if this episode made any kind of impact on you, and you have a few extra dollars, I'll post a link to the show's social media channels. It would mean a lot to me and to the millions of people who are diabetic in the world. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope to be filling up your earbuds again very soon.